Up With The Bonnets podcast is brought to you by Hilltown Electrical. Hilltown Electrical deals with both domestic and commercial jobs. You can find them on Facebook or by contacting them on 07793-847-390. Coming up on this week's episode, Paul's out and the boys from the Dance Park Choir are in. We'll go over Saturday's defeat in Paisley. We'll talk about a few outgoings as well as rumoured incomings. Jake fills us in with a potential fan event happening, even talks about the new Dense Park preview show for the DTV, and we'll end up with a Q&A with the fans. Hello and welcome to episode 58 of the Up With The Bonnets podcast. I'm your host Daniel Smith, and not with me this week is Paul Gray, who's decided he could not be bothered this week, so we've drafted in a couple of Bosman sign-ins, and who better to get in than the Dance Park Choir. So with me is a man that looks homeless, Jake Shaw, and uh, basically a shite-for-shite haircut, Ethan Hampton. How are you doing, lads? Yeah, good, thanks. That was the best intro I've ever had. That's the nicest thing you've ever said about me. <laughs> Honoured, f- f- finally, finally made it in life. Look, man, I'm on the bonnets. <laughs> and you've had your haircut compared to Paul's lack of hair as well, so... <laughs> Make it up for it. it. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's good. it's good to have you on, lads. Um, like I say, Paul couldn't make it, so... Um, We'll get uh, suitable replacements in. Probably better, probably better chat as well. Because that boy just waffles on half of the time, as you know. <laughs> well, can you hear but that, listen, <laughs> Yes. That's the sound of everybody switching off now. Yes, yes, because the main <laughs> man's not here, so... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, well, let's dive right into it. Uh, Saturday, it was the first away game of the season, away to St Mimn. It was a 2-1 defeat. Dundee, very unlucky, maybe not to grab something in the second half uh, after being 2-0 down. Um, Ethan, you were commentating at the game for DTV. Uh, let's just fire in with your thoughts of the game. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think it's perhaps been said in our game against Motherwell that uh, in this division, it's all about fine margins. It's just another lesson about that again, isn't it? Because uh, I made this case yesterday on Sports Sound that uh, the two lessons Dundee need to learn from the game against St Mirren is uh, there's lessons on both ends of the park. So first of all, defensively, uh, shocking own goal to start off with. Of course, it's not ideal, but I think what was most important was uh, how Dundee concluded the half. Had they managed to have enough discipline about themselves just to get the half time just down by one goal, you know, we can re-rally the boys again at half time and look to really kick on the second half. And we won the second half as well, but because of that, set piece just before the whistle that's changed the entire uh, dynamic of the game hasn't it so that's effectively that is what's the uh, the difference in the match then of course on the other end it's just we've got to be more ruthless on goal and we've, we've kind of seen a bit of that in the league cup group stage i think uh, lots of chances going to waste but what better chance you're going to get from the penalty spot 12 you know 12 yards just to keep it a beat you're not giving yourself much of a chance here when you've, you can turn the game on its head at that point st mirren had the tempo uh, the momentum even uh, they were dictating the tempo that could have been Dundee's opportunity to you know as I say turn the game on its head because you know vice versa if it was the way around we're conceding the penalty then suddenly we're on the back foot yeah that's it it came at a time like you said Ethan it was Sir Mim with the, the team on top 
we it seemed like it was one of our first couple of attacks to be fair getting into that box uh, it took a wee while for the the VAR check to actually kick in. So I, I did, it was, it was a golden opportunity, but the, the us just being haunted we penalties just now, it's, it happened again. Instead of putting the laces through the ball and absolutely just trying to rifle it into a top corner or bottom corner, uh, Robinson, uh, I think he's listened to Trevor Carson, who spoke to Joe Shaughnessy, who then spoke to Robinson, maybe saying, go down the middle. And he's went down the middle, but very tamely. The keeper saved it well, and um, that's it. And then like, it goes up, just right on bang on half time, and there's two 0 and we've got to, all to do. Again, it's Dundee just never started the game, did we? Uh, it just there was something missing defensively. I felt like we were only winning a lot of headers in the ball, uh, in the box, and weren't dealing with any crosses. The formation was wrong. The strikers weren't linking up well, which kind of happened the week before. Um, and it just—it was just a bad forty-five minutes, wasn't it? Uh, absolutely. But I think it's worth noting as well that in the second half, when you're, you're interesting that you mentioned the formation, it was the two changes that for me that changed Dundee's fortunes, at least to an extent, because obviously didn't uh, get a result from the game. It was the, the substitution of Scott Tiffany coming on, and then at that point, Dundee changed from three at the back to a flat four. And then that last half hour, it was just, you know, putting the pressure on Sittmer and looking for the defence to finally crack. And we got it once with that Josh Mulligan header. Again, great setup from Tiffany. I think every time he touched the ball, he, he did something with it. So I think it's a no-brainer that Tiffany's got to start the next game, but... Uh-huh lessons to be learned there as, as we've said and yeah much more effective at that change whether it was down to surely the personnel or maybe a mix between that and the formation i don't know but either way it's uh, much more improvement in that second half yeah i think you're right with the the formation i think the the back four must stay especially against teams like without you know being condescended to them like simmer and motherwell the teams outside celtic rangers and probably hearts and aberdeen have a go. We did in the second half and we were much better. And you could see even people like Ashcroft were much more comfortable in the back four than he was in the back three. I think his first half performance wasn't quite there, to put it politely. Um, second half he was brilliant. Um, he was much more sturdy. Um, and as I say, I think he just feels a bit more comfortable in the in the back four. Tony Docherty said that as well. He said that um, when we played against Motherwell and St Mirren in the latter stages of the game, he says that well, that shows us that we can go toe-to-toe with these sides and perhaps even be the better side when it comes to that. So I think, I think you're absolutely spot on, Jake, that when it comes to playing these teams, when we have a go, we, we can really have a go and uh, try and put them to bed. Because we can go toe-to-toe with these teams. Like, he's absolutely right. But why, why do we keep giving teams a head start before we start actually playing? Yeah, that is... Uh... It's typical Dundee, isn't it? Uh, it just kind of gift oppositions, uh, the chances and the goals. And, and obviously Saturday, we gave ourselves a mountain to climb, but we could have got back. And on the basis of the second half and the substitutions and the change of formation, we could have like, claimed the point. Um, I'm just wondering what, what you're thinking. Uh, so three at the back, we've not really got the personnel for that as much as it's good if you have but I feel like we've tried it. It's worked sometimes in the League Cup, but we're in the Premiership now. 
you can't be giving teams the chances that will have gave Motherwell and especially St Man. I think um, you're right there with the personnel. I think if we've got, <clears throat> excuse me, a fully fit squad, and you've got Portales, you've got Donnelly, fit who can play in the left of the back three, naturally, then you're you're fine. You can play that. And then if you're playing, not McCowan at right wing back, like you'd play a natural wing back like Mulligan or potentially even Kerr, I think you're fine with the back five or the back three. But I think if you're just trying to shoehorn folk in, like McGee, playing on the left of back three that's just not his position so I think we do have the personnel for it with a fully fit squad but when it's depleted like that you've got to play the players that are available to their strengths Yeah, squad fitness is going to be an issue we said that as well because um, Aaron Donnelly's already back to Nottingham Forest isn't he with his injury Portal yeah. is injured on his on his debut so that's only two centre-halves that, have, that they can't currently play if, we, if you know we stick to three at the back, we get another one or two centre halves injured. Can we even do a back four? Like, yeah, the, the squad depth just isn't there for it at the moment. Just put Kamikaze in the position. <laughs> I thought be he was better, still on the They would be a right back. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was put on as a centre half initially, and it wasn't until a cool commentator uh, Liam pointed out, no, to a back four. But aye. Yeah. I feel like the, the the way we finished the game should be kind of the, the setup that we'll look at from the one. And yeah, Tiffany, uh, he's, he's came on, he's, he's not put a foot wrong and he showed that he is, or very well, could be the difference in games. Mm. Um, we've got the players there. I mean, I, I mean, <laughs> Jake, I'm in a chat with you and I was kind of losing the plot as the game went on, like a fizzing, <laughs> but I think it was more to do with the penalty than anything. Right. The the this team it's a work in progress, isn't it? It's only the second game of the season. Nobody should be losing the head, uh getting beat in the second game of the season. It's no panic bells. We've still got players that are probably going to come in. Uh, Ethan, you might know better than me, but I think Tony Docker mentioned that there will be maybe a midfielder coming in. I say will be maybe. Um that there will be somebody coming in a midfield. I don't know. I uh, just kind of read something that somebody posted. So it could be very well be lies. Uh, nine times out of ten Twitter is. But um, we've got players there. It just has to move it about a wee bit. And um, I mentioned the forward line earlier, uh, Robinson and Bakayoko. What's your two thoughts on on the two players? I, I think that they are good players, but they just aren't getting that link up. And again, it's only the second game of the season. You can't be too rash with these decisions, but... It's the second game that we've not seen them produce and they've, well, no goals, really, and a missed penalty. Yeah, I think um, Bakayoko and Robinson are maybe too similar to try and forge a partnership. They're both excellent with their back to goal, you know, and you need someone coming coming off them. So I think if you're going to play both of them, I think you're, you're struggling. But I think... I don't know how to put it into words. You need somebody running off and maybe like play one of them in the middle, back to goal, and have your McCowan and Tiffany playing off them so that they can play those wee balls to the side, get those boys in, and hopefully they'd be able to to give that finishing touch if not had. But as a as a partnership, I don't I think they're too similar to to go forward with it personally. I mean, pre season, was it not Zach Grunn and Zach Robinson played together and they were actually having some really good uh, demonstrations of partnerships across the pre season mm-hmm. games. So 
maybe it's a case of Bakayoko and Robinson just need time together to get that connection going. But yeah, I would I would kind of agree with Jake. I think you kind of need if your strikers are too similar, it's probably a bit too problematic. So because when Zach Rudden came on, he was just coming on. You've been that workhorse hassling defenders, and then suddenly more things were going to open up as a result. So I I would agree with that. I think they're both good players, Robinson and Bakayoko. And what I quite like is uh, Bakayoko's decision-making specifically. When mm-hmm. his back's to goal, he's always picking the right sort of pass or, or seeing the right kind of space to play the pass into. Uh, and it seems quite clear to me that he doesn't seem to be an awful one that's confident in front of goal. He's maybe had two shots since he signed, both you know, kind of both from range. As soon as he gets that ball in the box, he's looking to see where he can find Robinson, which, I, which I'm not against. We can give Robinson the chances. He should be able to tuck them away. But it's just not falling for him at the moment. And I, again, I know we're only two games in. But that's uh, there's maybe an issue with Robinson in regards to his confidence because when we were commentating the Motherwell game, Danny, uh, our view the whole goal mouth was open against Motherwell and Robinson's strike was straight in the arms of the of Liam Kelly and then of course go to St. Mary, he's got a penalty, the keeper saved it. You know, it's confidence can he was potentially in the gutter right now. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I would I would go with that. And even looking at some of the highlights, I think it was maybe. One of the chances that St. Mern got, and you're just looking at people tracking back, and he, he just never seemed to have the what would be the the nice word, the oomph to to kind of get back and you know kind of burst a gut a wee bit. I've just yeah, I don't know if he just needs a goal. The same with his uh, uh, strike partner Bakayoko. He he last season I believe he scored no goals for first screen, so that could be a factor with him as well. Uh, two boys that. Were, uh, Robinson missing the penalty is not going to do him any good, but just need everything just to click. And I, I think it will. I think it will. To be honest, There's, we're not writing off anybody uh, second game into the league campaign, but we might need to change it up a wee bit here. Um, and if he wants to slot in players like McCowan, Tiffany on the same pitch, then you might see people coming off. Um, will Cameron go to the bench you know can, if they're playing two players like that there's got to be a lot of chop, uh, chopping and changing uh, as Tony Docherty just tries to get this team right uh, but I think he should do it by a team by team basis uh, looking at the opposition what what their strengths are and working on that but we'll wait and see It's I've, what I've seen so far I feel like we'll, we'll be okay yeah, you know. I think we'll be fine. Uh, you you got to remember, being where we've been in previous years, when we when we look like we're well, when we're fucked, we know there's there's ways to get beaten games. If we'd taken an absolute doing off St. Man, we'd be sitting here going, uh oh. But it's actually a bit more of a way to lose. It's a bit more of an encouraging defeat, given that that mm-hmm. last half hour we were on top. We were the ones putting the pressure on them. Same in the Motherwell game as well. It was only a point, but again, it was quite encouraging spells of play. Dundee were having a go at it, and very very nearly did. One thing that I would probably take from this game is I still feel that Dundee are missing a bit of creativity in midfield. I know that we've got Tiffany, got Cameron and McEwen, but I just feel like we need a creative midfielder in the mould of Gary Harkins, if you know what I mean. I feel like we're missing that. What do you you guys think? Well, we've offered a contract, apparently, to Sean Goss according to the Daily Record. Uh, and he's always struck me as that sort of kind of player, a kind of creative, deep-lying playmaker. I recall him playing for Rangers and he looked like a wee star at the time. 
Uh, I don't know. I don't know his, his career trajectory. You know very well. I just he's always a player that whenever I've watched, I thought he he looked a talent. Uh, and I think he did the job for Motherwell last season under Kettlewell. They'd wanted to keep him on, um, and he was eyeing up a move. I think it was abroad to India, uh, and it's not materialised. So now it's a case of a, you know, he's he's a free agent. He's, he's impressed enough for a solid mainstay Premiership side like Motherwell to stay on. And Doherty, I think's obviously seen this and thought, right, well, he's the kind of player we could have mm-hmm. in our team. He's maybe identified the exact same problem you've highlighted there, Danny. Uh, but I, th- I think you're right. Lyle, Lyle Cameron's a very good player and he's going to take some time, I think, to adapt to the, the physicality of the, of the Premiership because it was a funny one last season in the Scottish Cup. Uh, Lyle had said that was the most comfortably felt playing football that season because he felt against Premiership opposition you could play legitimate football uh, and, you're, and you're not having teams like right on you the second you've taken your first touch like you would in the championship. Uh, but we saw it against Motherwell that first half. He was struggling, eventually finds his feet, got a goal, was was playing well, had a bit of spot of confidence, the tails were up. Um, but ultimately, this is still a youngster in his first season in the Premiership, and you can't be relying on your creative output coming from a youngster who's making his debut season in the top flight. I think you do need other options. I think Tiffany's going to be a very good creative outlet for us this season. But yeah, I would agree that he's he's not going to get you that from deeper in the park. That's once you're in the final third, Tiffany will make things happen. Yeah, definitely need someone through the middle. Um, and as you say, Sean Goss has been a name we've been linked with. Now, I've been speaking to Scottish football royalty, Gogsy99, Motherwell fan, um, and just asked him what, what he thought, because I'm not going to sit here and pretend I'd know everything about Sean Goss, I don't. So I asked him, what what kind of player is he? What's he this? What's he that? Now I'm going to read verbatim what he said. He said, um, he's got a wonderful left foot and is an excellent set-piece taker. He's not pacey. Where have I heard that before? You just described Joe Grayson. I did just describe Joe Grayson. <laughs> but that was, that was verbatim. Uh, Gogsy 9-9. Um, so, what does he care? Uh, Ken. I know, but I'm hoping I'm hoping that maybe Sean Goss is everything that Grayson wasn't because the best thing Grayson did for us was get subbed off against Wraith Rovers for Sean Byrne to come on. <laughs> he was a, he was a part of the the greatest uh, substitution applause. <laughs> Absolutely, for a, for a player coming on, no going off as well. <laughs> That's it's about fifty fifty. Um, <laughs> We've seen, we've seen another name enter the the rumor mill. The Everton young Everton player. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to say his name, but I have lost my note for that. So be, one of you can take it away. Tyler Onyango. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, my uh, my uh, brother-in-law is a mad Evertonian, mm-hmm. and he says that he's a good player. He goes to quite a lot of the games and obviously keeps up with reserve and youth and stuff like that. And obviously, you get like to be an Everton player. The first thing you do is go to a family member who is from their support sub. <laughs> and he did say that he is like a, a really good player. But again, you know, he's it's one of those where will they, they make the same impact when they come up to the, the absolute brutal nature of the Scottish top flight or the Scottish football in general, to be mm-hmm. honest. Uh, Whatever happens with these players is we we do need reinforcements and with Portales getting injured and Donnelly getting sent back, it'll be defensive ones as well. For what it's worth, with these English boys uh, signing on loan, 
obviously previously when we do that, it's kind of all this, the same old, uh, uh, I'm, I'm, I don't know what words I'm trying to think of here, but it's like the kind of same old answer you get on the post. It's, you know, we've signed someone on loan from XYZ English Club. This boy is highly rated. They say that for every boy. Uh, but in this case, I've felt like the boys we've gotten so far, they've been pretty positive signings in the likes of your Owen Becks, um, uh, Zach Robinson's. Obviously, we know what Robinson's all about now. Uh, but with Beck, we had it on the, the Dens Park Choir page, like genuine quotes from Jurgen Klopp calling him a super talent and then Trent Alexander-Arnold sitting there saying, like, oh, he's, he's, he does very good when he trains with the first team. It's only a matter of time until he kind of pops off. Uh, and the boy Aaron Donnelly that was signed on loan, although we've, we've not seen him play yet, I thought was quite encouraging that he had played well in the League One level in England last season. Because obviously there's a bit of a gap uh, in terms of ability when it comes to the English and the Scottish leagues. But League One, I kind of feel, is probably the closest you can compare with the Scottish Premiership level. So when we're bringing these boys in, I don't think it is the case of the same old, same old, highly rated. I think these boys are genuinely, like, they've got a bit of proof in the pudding about them. Uh, and for what it's worth, whoever's doing the head of recruitment for Dundee now, it's obviously got everyone on side. I, I, I like the look of these these names we're getting linked with, never mind just the signings. We've missed out on the boy, uh, I think it was Killian Phillips from Crystal Palace. He'd won Shrewsbury Town's Young Player of the Year last season, again at League One. That's a very good level. That you know, That's that's kind of boys you want to be linked with, I feel. If it's going to be anyone at all, you want boys with ability that have everyone left, right and centre going, aye, you know, that's a player, rather than just an unheard of under-20s player and you just kind of wait and see. That's it. Yeah, I'd go with that as well. The, the loan signings have been head and shoulders above some of the, the drafts that have we've seen come through the Dense Park's doors the past couple of seasons. Uh, one of them, and we'll probably go back to the game here, John McCracken, obviously from uh, North City. He found himself out the team on Saturday for Trevor Carson, who obviously were paid money for her, and a lot of fans and pundits probably expected to be playing purely because we had paid money for him. But he hasn't put a foot wrong, really, since he's like been playing for us. And it, seemed, it did seem a bit unfair for him to be dropped in the nature that he did. 100%. Absolutely 100%. I feel, you know, he's either, he, it was his jersey to lose, not Carson's to pick up, you know what I mean? I feel like um, McCracken throughout the group stages we played was it four of the five competitive games so far and as mm-hmm. you said didn't put a foot wrong um he was brilliant against um motherwell really good against inverness when he was the last line of defense pretty much on his own you know when we were really pushing for the second goal against inverness they broke through a couple of times and it was just just him and he stood firm and i don't feel that he should have been dropped just, just to fit Carson in. To be honest, I think that's football. Though at the end of the day, it can be harsh, and the managers sometimes have to be ruthless. I feel sorry for McCracken as well, but I think this is also a transfer target that you know there was a bit of links going for some time. I get the feeling he's one of the first names Tony Docherty had on that shortlist once he got the job. So if he's you know of course he's we've got a, a fee paid for him as well. So he's gotten the club on side with this investment. So there's obviously something about this where uh, everyone feels like I wanted him, had to get him. And you can't push that hard to get a player and then not have him get involved, I feel. Again, it's it's harsh on McCracken, but 
I can understand why it's it's came about. One thing I would probably add to that is I don't think he's trained as much preseason as other players. That's a, that's not fact. That's just what I've been told. But I putting him in on his first game for Dundee, his debut against the team that he just left. And you've hearing reasons why he's left Superman. And we'll not go into that because you don't know if it's true or not, or again, what rumours are you know, false, true, whatever. So it just seemed to, to kind of fling him into that game. I'm not saying his head would have been in the right place. I just, I don't know. I just probably would have kept him for uh, in a couple of weeks' time against Hearts if that's what they were going to do and just let McCracken play this game and then say, right, that's it. That's him there next uh Next home, next home game, next game for Dundee. That's him in the goal. I, I don't know. I just I wouldn't have put him in against these uh, recent employers so soon. With especially with a lot of the 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 the, the rumours that had been flinging about. An aspect of it though could be though. You think if he's not been training that much, if he's not played pre-season, Docker is probably thinking, "Well, I need him match fit as soon as possible." So maybe it, it was sort of a tactical. Uh, decision to make to say right we get him playing now he's, he's of course he's, he backs Carson's ability but it might be a case of if I get him playing now he can be match fit like 100% for the times that we play at home to hearts when we play away to St Johnston which hopefully one of which turns to be our first win of the season because uh, it's you get you get this feeling that as soon as we get that first win we can maybe start taking off here but I, like, like I say it's, it's just the nature of the game I feel I think a manager sometimes has to be ruthless and Listen, if, if Carson comes in, he does the job, starts performing really well, uh, is, is an absolute mainstay in our team sheet, then we're going to look back on this conversation and say, well, you know what, you know, fair play to him, he's got it absolutely right. Of course, same time, if uh, it doesn't work out with Carson and we're all calling for McCracken to get back on, then yeah, it probably does warrant the, uh, the inevitable <laughs> pelters in that scenario. Yeah, uh, uh, I think Carson, with his recent history, shows that he could win your team 12 points a season just on his own with some heroic saves uh, and also get you through in Scottish Cup ties as we all know fine, fine well about. Uh, so yeah, it's one of those, we'll just have to see how it goes. He's had his first game for us under his belt and he's got a couple of weeks now to get up and running and to be top of his game before we play Hearts. But obviously we were speaking about transfer, uh, potential transfer targets just there. There has been a few players going out on loan, so we'll start with the the biggie, Ewan Murray, of the <laughs> the Brecon City. Um, that's a good move for him. So the we've got a young boys, a lot of young boys on the fringes that have got a hot prospect against them. Name of it's football manager, it'd be hot prospect mm-hmm. would be put up against them. So he's one of them who people speak highly. So it'd be good to see him go down. I know it's the the Highland League for Brecon City. Yes. But they're challenging at the top. It's going to a team that is winning, putting that win winning mentality in them. So I think it's a fine, uh, a fine loan for him. And also it's that Craig Levine link because I think he let slip in a or Tony Dock let slip in a interview that uh, Levine's been helping out with Dundee. Um, or I don't know the full extent of it, but helping out a wee bit. So there's that as well. I think it's a very good move for you and Murray. What fans need to remember is he's only 18 years old as well. I think Island League's a very good step up considering that I think it was last season he was on loan to Lockheed United. And I'm, I'm led to believe he was a very good performer in that side. You're talking that's a 16, 7 year old kid. So it's a very appropriate step up. There's a lot of 18 year olds that don't you know, have that much uh, um, game time and thus the maturity that comes with it at that age. So I think it's going to be a very good fit. And you know, if he does the job there, then appropriately 
90 next year, he might be looking at a loan spell at a higher level, uh, potentially with Beacon, if, of course, if Beacon can get themselves back into the, the professional setup. But yeah, eight, 18 years old, I, I really like the look of him. I think he was only 15 when he played for Dundee the first time in that friendly against Peterhead a few seasons ago and you know got himself on the score sheet. So yeah, he's, he's a prospect that really does excite me. We're speaking about things that are only going to get you excited. Jake, you can see the tears in your <laughs> eyes already. You've just got the look of a man dejected and just wants to like go into a darkened room. But obviously the news that we all expected, Sean Byrne off and loan and he's off the ref roller store. So Jake, let's start with you. How are you feeling? How, how are you keeping with us? Are you getting a cuddle for your missus? I don't get one of them anyway, regardless. Um, <laughs> I'm going to surprise you, but, but I think it's the best move for everybody to be totally honest like I know I have a, a laugh and a joke about it that you know he's the greatest man to ever walk the earth and he is but he's not getting a game at Dundee he hasn't last season hasn't this season he needs for himself to get out playing um, you know he needs to go and play and, and what better way to do it than go and play for, for a team just up the road from him you know I know Dundee's not far but Kirkcaldy's closer to, to where he's based. Um, a team who I think will be challenging for certainly the playoffs, if not for the top of the league. Um, so it'll be good to do that. And I'm also well informed there's a recall clause in there. <laughs> so if he's playing out his skin, you know, we've every right to call him back because what does our midfield have the now that he doesn't, you know, there's a there's a hole missing in that whole midfielder space that a Sean Byrne who's playing every week could fill. Absolutely. Um, but no, I think on the face of it right now, it is the best move for all parties. Yeah, if we get a midfielder that's underperforming or there's an injury crisis, would you rather call upon a Sean Byrne that's been sitting on the bench every week, perhaps a bit dejected uh, mentally, or do you want to call in a Sean Byrne that's been, as you say, playing off his skin, perhaps performing really well in the Wraith Rover side, a match fit Sean Byrne to kind of slot back in the 11? I, I, I agree that potentially, if, if he does still have a future at Dundee, that could be a very well, um, uh, a masterclass stroke right there. Mm -hmm. But yeah, Wraith Rovers are a good side. I think he'll fit in well there. And I think that's a big, a great signing for them. I think you're right. They'll, they'll challenge near the top end of the table. Yeah, they, they, they will. They're one of my teams that they'll be, like Jake said, minimum playoffs. I think they'll be, they'll be in the playoffs minimum. Sad to see them go, but that's not two managers that have came in that haven't fancied them. And I do not have a clue why, because I would have Sean Byrne in that starting 11. Every time. Right now. He should have been starting the first last yeah. season. Yeah, yeah, last season as well. It, it's it's a shame. Well, I'll say it's a shame. People have got their opinions, mm. but there's people that, that don't rate them, and uh, that don't, not don't rate them, but don't see how highly. I don't know why certain people like myself, and Jake, kind of speak up. Sean Bum. Uh, I mean, we'll, we'll probably do compare them to Xavier or something like <laughs> that. You know, <laughs> maybe they go overboard some things, but um, certainly a player that I would have kept in. My, my team. He's the best player the we've level, had in that it's, role. It's best for him now to go on loan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with you on that. Mm -hmm. um, it's just, uh, like I say, it's his last season, the last uh, year on his contract. So he's basically, to me, I think his future at Dundee looks bleak. Yep. 
if that's somewhere on loan and two managers haven't fancied him for uh, some some reason, I think he will now be playing for either a contract for Rafe uh, come the end of the season or playing for somebody to notice him and to sign him. Mm-hmm. But you know what? Ethan, you just said it earlier on, football is a ruthless business and we're finding out that we were fans' favourite somewhere. Yeah. Aye, and you got to think as well, Dundee perhaps could have benefited from this sort of ruthlessness before. Our last spell in the Premiership, there was perhaps an issue that uh, we were loyal to certain players that perhaps weren't up to standard for the demands that this division has. So I think there's actually a lesson learned from the Dundee hierarchy to, I have to say, well, we, can't, we can't afford to be too sentimental here and we've got to be ruthless. You know, if, if in doubt, you know, chop the head, make the call, uh, take the gamble. Yeah, uh, we did. That was a big mistake last time. And hands up, I was all for giving players the chance in the top flight after the one promotion, but ended up being the wrong call, in all honesty, yeah. uh, because but yeah, I never worked out. <laughs> I was straight back down again. And we never offered out contracts during the season. We'll wait till the end of the season to figure out if we were going up or not, and then we'll offer that contract. So, yeah, there's a, there's always been a bit of ruthlessness with the owners, uh, especially when it comes to managers. So this time it's happened with the players. And even you're right, we needed it. Yeah, you sometimes have to split the head from the heart. Because, see, if you'd asked, if you'd asked me before going into the season, would you have kept Paul McGowan? I would have probably said, yeah. But right <laughs> now he's, he's playing in the, in the third tier for, for Cove Rangers. So, you know what I mean? It's like the... Uh, perhaps he's not at the Premiership standard anymore. So, like, if you'd asked my heart, I would have kept him. But now we'd have to be ruthless and say with my head, and yeah, no, listen, it probably was the right decision. You know. Now, Paul, McG- Paul McGowan, me and Paul forgot to speak about his debut for Cove last <laughs> week. So, if you didn't know, he made his debut for Cove. It was against Hamilton, and he got set off for giving Hamilton the fans the finger. What a guy. I applaud that man. What a guy. I applaud that you man. You can take the boy out of Dundee, but you can't take the Dundee out of the boy. <laughs> <laughs> what a way to make your debut, eh? Against a team that you probably hate the most. Boom, there's the finger. <laughs> um, so, moving on. Obviously, there was a, a bit of sad news during the week, uh, last week, when it was uh, announced in the papers that Eddie Annan had uh, been found to have an incurable brain tumour uh, just away to turn 50. He was all set to go and celebrate it in Vegas. Oh, he was suffering from headaches and whatnot, and I think he was diagnosed with it in, in February. So it's really sad news whenever anything like that happens to anybody but when it's somebody that uh, myself I was just a young pup going to Dundee games and it was kind of like the first kind of good partnership I've seen up front was Grady and Annan um, kind of hits hard even more uh, to see somebody who you looked up to when you were a youngster uh, be diagnosed with at such a such a young age as well uh, got a family and everything I, I don't know I think you two are too young to have seen Eddie mm-hmm. yeah um, I think you know so one of his biggest contributions would have been the goal against Ray Rovers to get us promoted um, mm-hmm. if I'm right that he scored that that was the year I was born so Ethan would have been minus whatever oh, <laughs> um, I'd have been about six months or something when when, when he put that away that wasn't even a thought. yeah exactly but a glint <laughs> in your dad's eye um but I so I don't get me wrong. I understand kind of the impact he had to, to guys maybe slightly older than me 
you know, that would be their heroes essentially at the time. And as you say, it's always difficult to hear news like that. But see, when it's people you completely look up to, and your heroes, for example, it's it's that bit worse, isn't it? Yeah, it's quite wholesome uh... though to see Dundee fans come together, and there's already like you are know, already an event raised for them, uh, and all the money going to him and his family that obviously helped them during this difficult time. So I think that doesn't just say a lot about the about the fans, but obviously just about Eddie Annan as an individual, as a person, to have inspired that sort of reaction, that that wholesome reaction from a fan base that still admires him to this day. As you say, it was quite some time ago for, he played for Dundee, but he's obviously you know he's one that my dad would always go on about as well when I was younger, saying, "Oh, you should have seen the time we had Anne and the Grady and, and whatnot." So, uh, I, you know, hopefully, you know, wish him all the best and hope hope the event goes down really well, um, and they can raise you know the appropriate funds necessary to help them out. Yeah, so the event is going to be held on Sunday, the twenty seventh of August, and. The doors would open at three o'clock, and I think it goes on to six o'clock. But if Hearts manage to beat Rosenberg this week, then our game will be moved to the Sunday three o'clock. So the organisers have said, well, if that's the case, then the show will start at six instead. So it gives everybody time to be at the game and get down. Um, so because I think this is the only day that you can get everybody together for this event. So you've also got James Grady, Steve McCormack, Dave Rogers is coming across, Barry Smith, Lee Wilkie, and uh, you've also got Jockey Scott and former owner Peter Marr. They're all confirmed and there's supposedly meant to be a few more names in the pipeline that are going to uh, attend the event. So they can only make that day. So if Harps do win, that will be moved to uh, a later time, not too later. So, um, there, that's it, Duck Slattery's. Uh, Slattery's. I always get that name mixed up. It's £25 a ticket. Uh, it'll be well worth it. And all proceeds, like Ethan even said, was uh, going to Eddie Annett and his family. And if you can't make the event, if you go on to the link that the D archive and the Bonnets page and numerous other people that have shared, even Dundee have been sharing it, um, you, you've got a choice if you can't buy a ticket, you can make a donation for non-attending. So if you can't make it and they're able to spare a few quid, then you can also still give a few pounds to the the cause. Um, I'll be looking forward to that. Obviously to see old heroes, it's horrible that it's the event it is to, to see these players, but I think it'll be good to hear them all speak about like the, them couple of years they played with each other in this team. And we mentioned the goal that he scored against Rafe to bring it back to one all to clinch promotion for us back to the top flight. But he also scored uh, other goals that were uh, just as uh, 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 good. Like there was one the season after. So we had no one at all since going up to the top flight and they were playing Celtic at Dens. And he comes on as a subby. We get apparently with a couple of minutes to go and he steps up to take it and blast at home, you know, and that kind of kickstart the season. So there's there's things like that as well. So it'll be good to hear from Eddie and uh, his uh, former teammates about everything. So if you can make it, come down. It'll be a good night. And I think also it's bank holiday on the Monday. So you've also got a good excuse to like have a few pints and uh, really enjoy yourself uh, to listening to Eddie and all the all the former Dundee players. Um, so we'll move on again, and I think Jake wants to speak about something that he's 
being kind of drawn up, something in the, the old pipeline. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now, this isn't quite set in stone yet. Um, however, I am trying to kind of, you know, rally folk around, build the numbers up and, and show that there is the interest for it. Um, so basically, the story starts. Uh, I was invited up to Garden for a tour back in March. And I spoke with Greg, Greg Fenton, general manager, and John Nelms. And I used that opportunity just to throw in a wee idea as to, to something to get fans involved and can, you know, bring the, the fans and the club together. And I came up with what I'm calling D on the Park, which is an excellent name. I'm sure you'll agree. Um, basically, what it is, it's a five-a-side tournament um, between different teams. So... Uh, Ethan and I, we've put a team together for, for Dens Park Choir. Uh, Danny, I think you guys are, are putting a team together for Up With The Bonnets. I've already got a couple of supporters clubs uh, who said they'd be willing to chuck a team together. And essentially what the, the gist of it is, is a little tournament. You know, these teams play each other, but each team has to raise a, a minimum amount of money. And that money is going to uh, the community trust and wherever else they see fit. Um, the the initial sort of round robin games are going to be played at Gardine and the final is going to be played on Dens Park hence D on the park um, it's not been confirmed yet but the um, potential is it could be at half time one of the last games of the season assuming all goes well this season um, worst case it'll be the day after the last game Um a couple of other things about it is there is a prize which I can't say yet, but it's well worth it if you if you win the tournament. Um, and essentially, that's that's pretty much it. <laughs> that's pretty much it. But what I'm trying to do is to uh, gather, you know, some interest because I need to prove to the guys that the the numbers are there to, to put it together. Um, so if you're interested, just drop me a DM, either on my account or on Dense Park Choir, preferably, because anything can also get back to it and uh, see, see if we can get a few teams together. We need about eight teams. I'm sure you can get that no problem at all, Jake. And the added bonus of playing on Dense Park, regardless if it's at halftime during the last home game of the season or the day after, Um it's got to be a, a good kind of selling point for yourself. I mean, imagine the booze that you'll get. <laughs> I can. It'll be good fun. People I mean, have seen me, my, my tight Dundee top on and my tits jiggling. That's what everyone wants to see at halftime. <laughs> if I score, I'm taking the top oh, off. I don't care. I've scored at Dens Park. Would, you can't take that away I, from I me. I'll jump in the derry. <laughs> <laughs> Dan, no style. If I, if I scored, I'd struggle to get my top off because... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can safely say there's probably no chance of <laughs> us making that game anyway because no. I've saw my team and uh, it's, uh, it's, it's not the paciest to be honest it's not the skillfulest either so it's, <laughs> it's just not the best <laughs> we need to make up the numbers Danny we need the numbers really badly sorry sorry, lads that I've already signed up for it <laughs> you on something that that's alright wait till my missus finds out right. she's involved <laughs> <laughs> in the goal <laughs> yeah. 
No, but that's, that's, that's great, mate. I'd like to say anything that uh, gives funds to the excellent community trust for what they're doing as well uh, is an added bonus. But yeah, that the the, the big one is uh, now looking at winning a prize that you've you've totally hyped up now. It's got a, oh, no, it's, it's, it's got, it's got a dollar. While. You're not allowed to get it though, Danny. Oh, right, okay. No problem. <laughs> I'll win it now. You will. That's me hitting the treadmill. <laughs> um, again, moving on, Ethan, uh, big part of the DTV for many a year, and this year has seen a big upturn. We've got a new social media uh, department, I'd like to, I guess, because you've got videos, you've got audio, you've you've got you've got everything now. So uh, graphics, um, everybody doing an excellent job. So. You're still involved with DTV, um, and also you're now involved in a post-match show for DTV, which I would like to point out that I did come up with the name of. Um, so it's maybe maybe top up it's there. Um, how's that going, mate? Yeah, Joe, I'm really enjoying it. Uh, as you say, the new media department, and I think you can't talk about it though without giving a shout out to Tommy Young, who. Obviously, did the Dundee media in the past, but led to believe that that wasn't his only role. He was kind of doing sort of eight jobs at once. And now bringing in a media team, it's kind of set his jobs down to like four. Uh, so big, big shout out to Tommy and all the work he's done throughout the past few years. He was also the guy as well that got me into the uh, commentary role. Uh, but yeah, no, it's been a very positive start with, with the new guys. As you say, I think all the fans have noticed the, the, the changes and they're really big on wanting to improve DTV and uh, expand the brand a lot more. So, yeah, as you say, the, the Dark Blue preview show, I love the idea. I've always wondered why Dundee had never had anything like that sort of before. Um, it's, and it's really encouraging because, you know, I'm obviously a Dundee fan, but I, I can enjoy watching the media output over the years, put out the teams like Motherwell that are very good for, for stuff like that. And, you know, filming... Uh, you know, full-time scenes uh, on the park and having these midweek shows with, with players and whatnot. Um, so it's, it's great to see Dundee heading in this this direction. And yeah, and I, I feel I feel privileged that um, I've got the role that I do in regards to help setting up with the show and hosting the show ultimately as well and dictating all the, the talking points. And I, I think it's something that I think the fans will appreciate more as it goes on. It's a show that's only going to move strength to strength. I feel we're still sort of finding our feet with it. Uh, if you were to watch the first two episodes now, there's already, I think, a bit of a quality gap between the first one and the second one, albeit it's probably because the first one was done on a Zoom call and the second was uh, actually filmed live, which makes a, a very good difference, a very healthy difference. But uh, it's it's still something, as as I say, we're finding our feet with. We're going to try you know, uh, try a few things, you know, try, try test uh, method, uh, just see what works. And we we'll want the fans to get involved as well. We want engagement, we we'll want feedback. I want to know what the fans want to see, and you know, and the, the guys that run this all—they're very open-minded. They're open to suggestions, so it's a—it's uh, a very healthy environment at the moment, and yeah, it's something I'm, I'm really enjoying. And we've got a few ideas down the pipeline of things we could do to improve. Um, you know, I think it's exciting times for DTV. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you touched on Tommy Young doing basically everything, and you're totally right. He <laughs> probably eight jobs. It just for the one boy, so um, 
whenever he was moving on to move on to a different area department uh, at Dundee, it was always going to be probably, right, let's do this and let's get all these boys in that can, uh, you know, like profession video, profession graphics, you know, and uh, profession talking shit like yourself, even on <laughs> DTV. Um, <laughs> I'm just joking here. Uh, but uh, the one thing about DTV that did, it was just, um, it, it was just the game, the highlights and a pre and post match manager interview. Again, I'm not hearing a thing yet, Tommy here because he was doing so many other jobs in the background. Um, so DTV has got basically like a clean slate to, to improve its product. And you brought up Motherwell and Motherwell is probably the base on anybody wanting to start social media and Scottish football for their team because they hit the ground running and just they an excellent job of it. And if you, I mean, it's, you're not really want to say, I'm going to copy them, but you take what they, what they've got, uh, done and got and put a wee, uh, put your own wee, wee touch that. So, DTV has got plenty of opportunity to expand and to see the the first uh, that blue preview show, uh, like two episodes in, you'll be filming the third uh, and keep going for the rest of the season. It's good to see that start, and it'll just add on as the season goes down. More ideas come in, hopefully as well from fans mm-hmm. and what they want to see. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with taking a couple of chapters out of someone else's book. Didn't make your own product uh, better. And I mean, in, in Tommy's case, uh, he, he, the likes of me came in in the first place just to take a bit of the stress of the toll of all the jobs he's got to do. Um, and I, so we've got a, I've got an idea of how I like the show to be more like moving forward. I, I used to love the, I, I don't know if you guys used to watch SPFL Extra on the SPFL yes. YouTube channel. This was years and years ago. Yeah, I, I used to love stuff like that. Uh, and that's a, that's essentially where the whole um we had the key question in the last episode, best goal ever scored by a Dundee player, that the whole idea of that was based off how SPFL Extra used to smack their question on the board and they were looking to get involved with the, the comments and such. So, like I say, nothing wrong with taking a chapter out of a, you know, someone else's book. But I, I, I don't know. I hope, I hope the viewers enjoy it. I've had good, very good positive feedback so far. But, yeah, that's sort of the direction I'd like to see this go. And... Like I said, the, the, these this media department, they've got a lot of other ideas that they want to implement in the near future. But for these guys, this is all very new to them as well. So it's just about gradually blueprinting it out, figuring out how to, you know, logistically how it's going to be feasible. And then, of course, the execution of the of the final plan. Going back to what you just said there, um, you know, how you've got a key question every episode. What's your answer to this yeah. one? I think we're we're gonna we're gonna talk about it before my film, and we're gonna, I think, uh, unanimously agree the best, best ones picked out, or the, the most popular mm-hmm. ones picked out. And James Grady seems to be the the most reoccurring uh, answer with his volley at Tannadice. Uh, if you want my opinion, though, it's I can't really see past Elbak Tui's goal. It's absolutely just I can't I can't say it on the dark blue preview, <laughs> but I, I I refer to it as a thunder. <laughs> like, absolutely, <laughs> bosh. <laughs> I see you can swear as much as you want on this one. It's unofficial. Yeah. <laughs> it must be a must be like a step, dude. Ethan, so you're filming live. You've got other, you've got other nice cameras, obviously the speakers and microphones and all that. And you come into this podcast that's been described as diabolical for one kid. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I'm just, I'm just happy I'm finally on. 
I got I got a shout out in the first episode, and I, uh, and you said, "Oh, I need to get him on." I'm like, "Oh hell yeah! Can't can't wait for an invite." And then sitting there every week, the DMs is just a what what those things called in the films? The tumbleweed. Where there's just nothing going on. The tumbleweed just. That's all right. <laughs> blown away. I got binned as a as a co-host, so count yourself lucky. <laughs> <laughs> After causing a ruckus. <laughs> right, it's all to do with my plan and ask Paul. I mean, I've said we'll get people along. I've asked people to come on as well, and it's see getting back to it. Um, even like yourself, some like for twenty minutes to get myself sorted because I've got my kids running about uh, all day. Um, yeah, and it's, it's hard to get everybody in as well doing a Sunday night podcast. But um, we can that user available now, so uh, that's it. You just have wondered about coming on. You'll be coming on again. <laughs> Don't, don't say that. Folk will stop listening. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, they'll probably stop listening. DPC boys investing ago. everything. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the boys you love to hate. Oh, no, do you know something? Honestly, it's good fun because you get you get like these guys who you're, you're spot on. Just love to to nitpick at you and have a laugh with you. Certain. <sighs> Certain people on on certain forums, specifically, like to have a nitpick at, at all of us three. To be honest, I think, yeah. yeah. To, to I think it's absolutely magical. Life, work, so. <laughs> I think it's magic though the work that we can put in. Sometimes, uh, you know, me and Jake will do on a tweet, and it's just known that it's just a tweet. That's all it is, and that there's there's somewhere out there. There's a grown man like actually like foaming up the mouth, looking at his phone screen, like hands fucking shaking. <laughs> Oh, it's just beautiful. That's my sole purpose in life. It's just to rile up old men on Twitter. <laughs> I was I was just about to say, Ethan's happy enough to be like, this is where he should be going for like X, Y, and passes he makes and kinda of gets into that. Jake's like, I just want to annoy old men. <laughs> That's pretty much it. That's pretty much it. As long as if my name appears up on those forums by specific people, not naming names, um, then I know my day has been. I've done right. I've done well that day. <laughs> this boy's going far. Tell you that. Uh, <laughs> uh, Absolutely not. Wait, I'm in my mid twenties. I run a Dundee fan account. <laughs> I'm going nowhere. That's <laughs> because you've hit the ceiling. Mate. There's no higher than this. <laughs> I'm not sitting there. I'm thirty-eight. And look at me. <laughs> I thought you were thirty-nine, Danny. Uh, I mucked, uh, how did I get my name wrong as well? Like, uh, my name, my age, fuck's sake. Uh, it's uh, you want to put a the bit pressure of being on national. I was going to say, you want to put a bit of context behind that there. Just... Aye, so, aye, so when I'd done a preview for the BBC uh, Sports Sound, done a podcast with them, and I was just speaking away, and for some reason I decided to tell them I was 39 years old when I'm 38, <laughs> and um, that's the bit that they posted. <laughs> so... <laughs> But I never really noticed until the bit, until they posted it, and I'm like, "Fuck's sake, man!" But hey, I could have said worse things. You could have. Yeah. To be fair, I think that'd be a very interesting study to see what your mental age is when you sport Dundee. <laughs> if the stress does actually enhance. Oof, that's seventies. Seventies at least. Yeah. Well, some sometimes I've got the heartwork of a seventy-year-old man. It's really hard, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right lads we're moving on to Paul's favourite bit of the podcast it's the last bit I, I like to point out I forgot today on this day with the archive so there's none of that so we're going straight to the Q&A um, so I've had 
a good few questions brought in. This is one from Aaron Campbell. Should the SPFL change the rules to match the NFL? So I know where this is going. In doing so, we can bring on a penalty specialist when, when required, uh, just like they do when some cunt needs to boot the bar. But still mess them up. I was going to say, hire Ryan Conroy. <laughs> just get him to do 12 yards yeah. only, and we're sorted. What a boy. I've got an answer to, to, to it, though. I think if you saw the old... MLS penalty shootouts where they went the ice hockey style you run for the halfway line you know and then you've got to shoot when you get to the box or whatever that is where we need to go because we've <laughs> shot the bed with penalties enough it's, t- it's about time we start shitting the bed with something else so I still need to do it I think it's a case of just doing your penalties yeah just wave it because they like give me a throw in one. get Joe the throw on it <laughs> no I say you make the manager take the penalty <laughs> Someone had a shot of that. <laughs> the idea of Dick Campbell stepping up to take a penalty is absolutely <laughs> hilarious to me. He would just run up and he would hit the bar but slip and far. <laughs> no, he, is, he is the ball. He would just fucking fly and roll in the net. There's <laughs> <laughs> um, another one from D for Life. Penalty re- related. Do Dundee FC players practice penalties? Probably not on the basis of what we've seen. Um, it's always St Mirren, by the way. You notice that? It was three penalties missed last season in the Scottish Cup. A penalty missed yesterday. And then uh, Sophie, Sophie and Musa, who was like always the go-to established penalty taker, his own wee technique to send the keeper down before he scores. And then he goes to uh, St Mirren and fucking Craig Sampson saves it. Craig Sampson. Mm-hmm. So it's obviously, it's, a, it's like an Indian burial ground or something. <laughs> like We just can't curse over us. So we've got the Scottish Cup as a curse and I'll like sit man's ground. <laughs> <laughs> um, Double D uh, this is actually just a, a proper no one of those uh, only fan bots <laughs> it's, uh, what's your best Dundee FC football biography you have read and why I've got I've not read that many I've got Alan Gilzine's sitting um, probably jockeys jockeys and doesn't he, doesn't he speak about Dundee as much, but Chick Charlie's is an excellent one. So but if you're looking for... from the person that they're talking about Aye. themselves, yeah. Aye. yeah, yeah. I've about got and that, I think that's about it. I've got other books like Dundee Greats, but I think that's more of an author writing about the players than it is the players mm-hmm. talking about themselves. See the, see the Gilzine one, that was done by, I don't think he. I don't think he put his name to that Gilzine. The boy done it. It was kind of unofficial. Um, mm-hmm. But that's the, the virgin in me just bringing out wee facts like that. So but There was two books recently that were both really good. The uh, the Bird and the Feather, you know, about Canadia and the Ravenelli uh, Dundee era. Um, mm-hmm. I think it was, was it Graham Strachan wrote that. Yeah. Uh, and then I don't know if it was Graham Strachan that wrote the other one, the Brawls and Bribes, Dundee's European Cup run in 1963. I've got that one. I've got that one. I've, I've read, I've, I've read them both. They're both, uh, both fantastic. I've got a habit of buying the books but forgetting to read them, so at least I'm getting the offer, like, profit. Yeah. So it's, he's not bothered to read it. They're both, they're both very good. I, it's hard to say which one I enjoyed more, but if, you know, gun to my head, I'd probably say The Bird and the Feather, just because that's closer to my time. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just mental, like, you know, when I was just, like, a bear and kicking about that Kanija was fucking playing for Dundee. <laughs> I think... If you have to go for the best Dundee FC football biography, it'll be Norrie Price's. Uh, I'll be the bonnets. 
purely because it's the history, isn't it? So, yeah, that's that's cheating a wee bit, though. That's cheating, though. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, D for Life, he's been greedy here. He's, he's got two questions. He's like this dense pack choir boys when they keep sending in silly ones. Um, <laughs> Tony Doc seems to like the 352 formation, but I think we'll have more success with the 442. Will the Doc recognize this and stick with the 442? I think he'll, I think he'll eventually go for it. I think he will. I think the 442 is quite predictable to play against, though. So I think if you're going to go down the route of binning the, the back three, I think, you know, your 4-2-3-1, which has been popular recently, or your 4-3-3, you know, with inverted wingers, which I'm a fan of, uh, the inverted wingers. I think that's the way to go forward. I think 4-4-2, if you're chasing the game, definitely back to basics, go for it. But I don't think it's the way to start a game. But that's just for me. I think... 4-4-2 is the way you go when you're struggling and you need to go back to basics. It's always been the way I feel. If we're hitting a bad run of form, like we've seen in the past at Dundee go like uh, five five games in a row, like consecutive defeats. I think that's then your time to say, right, back to basics, get the boys doing 4-4-2. I think we tend to play better in that sort of scenario too. But I don't know if, if you will change it. Because um, I, I don't know enough about Tony Doherty as a, you know, as a manager. Like I don't know if he's, if he's one of those that perhaps he's going to be a bit more stubborn to his beliefs or perhaps because he's got so much experience in the game that he's more open to tinkering and changing things to, to try and get the best out of the side I generally don't know uh, I think that's that's a question probably better off for those that are more used to seeing Derek McInnes and Tony Doherty work than, mm-hmm. than us uh-huh. Yeah uh, Andrew Penman forecast the first league fixture where you think we will pick up a win Hearts at home, St Johnson away etc etc I think on the basis, looking at results, we could be looking at St. Johnson away being the first home win. But then, obviously, you've got that whole thing of Harps playing in Europe as well. So mm. if they go out, they might be a little bit scunnered, playing a couple extra games, we've had a wee bit of time off, you know, getting back, uh, getting the fitness levels up and any wee niggling injuries over in Dunwee. I think it'll come in one of those two. I can only agree. I'll back us to beat anyone at Dens. Mm-hmm. I don't see any reason why we couldn't beat Hearts at home, but I, if, if in doubt, St Johnston, there's a bit of free fall mm-hmm. at the moment. I think Hearts coming to Dens, uh, this is going to be, you know, I've absolutely jinxed it now, but they don't like coming to Dens. <laughs> you know, recent history, they don't they do not do too well coming to Dens. So Q, Q5 now Hearts in the next game. <laughs> uh, of course, Stephen Naismith, he's, he's not the, the, the manager, is he? He's the technical director, I think is his official term. Well, he'll probably still be the one picking the, the teams and whatnot. He'll, he'll hate coming to Dens, won't he? He'll just have nightmares of Sean Byrne <laughs> just snapping him in half. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's bring bring Byrne back just for that game. It. Not even just to play, just to stare menacingly at Stephen Naismith from Intimidation from the tactics. <laughs> I'll just play and slide tackle him on the touchline attack that we'd caved. I'd, I'd pay for it. I'd pay to watch it. I'd get him like those those collars, the chain collars you get from Rottweilers <laughs> and just put them on a bloody dugout. I'd get fucking barking it. Play it. You've, <laughs> you're, you're kind of describing Jake's fetish <laughs> and Sean Byrne. Sean Byrne with a collar and chain. <laughs> BDSM, but the B stands for burn. Uh. <laughs> Here's another another one, Graham Smith. Uh, <laughs> should we be lobbying FIFA 
UEFA, SPFL, Sunday morning league, anyone to change the rules of a team as a word apparently they should have, should have the option to change it to something else, indirect free kick, in the box, 25-yard direct free kick, just anything that's no unnatural penalty. Oh, we've got loads, loads of optimism about penalties uh, this week, haven't we? Are we good at anything else, though? That's the question. McEwen did well at that. <laughs> if he saw that. Aye, just pull it back to the edge of the box. We'll tap the free kick. Let McEwen take a free kick. Aye. Um, Can we make it a beauty pageant instead? Just get Portales and McEwen doing the catwalk or something? <laughs> um, Dundee FC Historical Trust have said a sliding doors moment in Dundee's history. Obviously, one is that we as that we Jim was given them. Um, if no, what if we Jim was given the manager's post, but any others? What if uh, Coxie was fit for the San Siro in the European Cup? So, I mean, one of the biggest probably was Jim McLean going across the road instead of giving him the manager's job here. In my time, um, sliding doors. There's only one ball. answer, Danny. There's only one answer. Is there? Yeah. I don't want to see. What if Barry Smith's shot went in? Ah, true. Yes, yes. Yeah. See, I was waiting to go before that and say, what if we kept Jockey Scott and let him instead of bringing in Benetti? But if we'd never done that, then we might have not got to the Scottish Cup final. You're, you're probably mm-hmm. right. To be to be fair, actually, we still probably would have went tits up the next season because <laughs> yeah, we were in a bad way. So. <laughs> um, me, probably would have been... In my time, keeping Jockey Scott or not going with Benetti, probably one of them, because then we wouldn't have ended up in the mire that we did eventually. It's a very good question, by the way. That's a really fantastic really question. Thinking, yeah. see, if, see, if you're an older fan, that one, you've probably got a, a novel worth of sliding doors moments for Dundee. Aye, like the obvious one, I think, for the older heads would be the, you know, what if there hadn't been a bit of sketchiness in the game against Milan in 63 the, the Caballero refereeing um, could Dundee have made it to Wembley and won the European Cup I, I like that Jockey Scott answer though Danny because uh, for me I always kind of felt like he should have been Dundee's sort of answered like like an, an Arsene Wenger sort of guy because he's given so much mm-hmm. years service to the club anyway and I feel every time he kind of was, was shafted in the job to be honest so mm-hmm. I, I feel inclined to agree on Jockey Scott, but the one that sits with me the most was uh, when Jim Duffy discussed, I, I think it was at your manager's event, he maybe said it, or maybe it was in the Bird and the Feather book, actually. Um, he said, when we got relegated at that point, we played Livingston away, finished one all, and the controversy was that Livingston had the boy um, on an amateur contract that had gotten the assists. Um, I can't remember his name. Cashew or something like that. Yeah, yeah. and... He said there was a court case about this as well and that the judge was on holiday so he just basically said that like, you've got like a 24-hour deadline to get your evidence and that sort of that, well, that's it done and Duffy said that they're in a hotel room and he said that, you know they could have got it done but then the fire alarm went off and they lost valuable hours and he, 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 he kind of put it down to that was why they couldn't get the results they wanted but that, I think that's a really good sliding doors moment when you think about you know about the, the aftermath of that Benetti era Potentially, is that saved if this goes the opposite direction? You know, if we're spared eight years in the first division, all the financial problems, etc., does the trajectory of the club go in a better stead? And of course, um, we got healthier 
in recent years when the the, the the American owners came in and took over the club. But that was during that t- period when Rangers had been liquidated. So I always kind of think if we were in a better trajectory much earlier on, could we have taken advantage of that period when Rangers were out of the top flight and your St Johnston's, Ross Counties and Inverness were all winning silverware, getting into Europe, etc. That, for mm-hmm. me, is always the one that I kind of linger about, like, well, you know, what if we had just been prepared at that moment just a bit earlier? Uh-huh. True, mate, true. And, uh, and yeah. if we did win it, yeah, you're totally right. What a question. You're totally right. What a question. Exactly. I know. But then you can probably do a whole podcast oh, and podcast, podcast. podcast on a... Uh, Sliding doors. Yeah, basically. Um, I've got another one. I'm going to read it out. I can. I know the boy, uh, Michael O'Regan. Peppermint or spearmint chuddy. For any one of you that didn't know what chuddy is, it's uh, Ayrshire twang for chewing gum. Don't ask me why. I'm always a peppermint guy anyway. Yeah, peppermint for me. Chuddy. Aye, peppermint. Chuddy. Aye, chuddy. What's that about? Bloody Ayrshire mob. Got a lot. Do you know something? They're lucky it's not a video podcast that they can see because I am scowling at the word chuddy. <laughs> chuddy is something. Can I get a bit of chuddy? Can I get a chuddy? Oh, thanks. Yeah, I just think that's something else <laughs> about it. for dinner me. first, pal. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is a good one. This is for the sponsor, Martin Tosh. So it's not football related, just like your chuddy one. Golden ticket to any band dead or alive, who are you going to see live? Mines would straight away be the Beatles. And that's uh, probably a poor answer because of the popularity. But if I couldn't get the Beatles, I'd probably do Hendrix. Nice. Um, Oasis at Nebworth, hands down. Uh, no other answer is correct, sorry. Oh, it's a tough one. That's a tough, I, I like this one. Uh, I feel like no matter what I say, even if it's a belt of an answer, I'll, be, I'll still be wrong because a little I'll think, oh, she yeah. said this. Queen at live. For, first one that comes to my mind, uh, I think first one to my mind, I would have just loved to have seen ACDC in their prime yeah. live. Uh-huh. I think I'm I just, I thought even you had a bit of the, you'd want to see the Smiths play just because you're here, do you? got a bit, you want to get the mullet and all that. I thought it'd be a bit of that. Billy Ray Cyrus and no. <laughs> I'm I'm very much a big fan of country music, so I'm already getting my fair share of concerts of country mullets and whatnot. I'm yeah, already can, in the process. See, you're a big fan. <laughs> <laughs> it's when you start styling it like uh, Alex Turner, and I want to see it slicked back with gel soon. I want to see that. It'll be brilliant. DTV with a leather jacket on. <laughs> I thought I'd be quite funny if I've got a buzz cut and just didn't address it <laughs> and go on the preview show and just sit like normally. <laughs> it improves the show. It oh, <laughs> I'm nah, that. <laughs> I'm only joking. I'm only joking. Right, lads, that is it for the questions. Um, thank you very much for coming on, filling in substitutes at the last minute for Paul, an absolute disgrace from, uh, from Mr. Gray there. Uh, his excuse was... His uh, dad was needing help moving a sofa on a Sunday. And unless the sofa was getting moved and froze, I didn't care. <laughs> um, <laughs> but thanks very much for coming on, lads. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. No problem. Thanks for having us. Oh, thanks for having us on, Danny. Aye, no problem. And uh, there's no much uh, preview to speak about, obviously, because it's a free week weekend for Dundee. The Dundee B team are playing during the week, but there's no game at the weekend. So. Um, 
well, for the sake of tradition, can we can we fire away a question anyway? I think Jake's probably going to have another belt on. It's his special specialty. Uh, no, Would you, you fight? You put me on the on the spot. Ducks and go on then. Go on then. What's you your got... question? I was asking if you, if you had one first. I'm not talking about one. Mine. No, I don't have one. Sorry, guys. <laughs> You've put me on the spot because usually what I do, right? What I do is when I see that tweet come up, I go brilliant, and I just let my thumbs move, and whatever comes out comes out. So, I mean, the Martin Woods. I think I've peaked at the Martin Woods one. I don't think I can come back from that. No, the night. No, the night. It's been a tough day. So I'll be next week. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, maybe next week. Yeah, get your thinking cap on for next week. Um, and also, we'll be back next week. Not too sure if Paul will show up. Uh, it might be another sofa to move. God knows. Uh, but anyway, hope you enjoyed listening. Why, why, and why, why, we'll why? be back next week. Oh,